Hello everyone and thank you for coming back to yet another episode of The Gloving Paradigm. I am your host Peter aka LPD8 Dubuque and this week is going to be a very interesting week topic that I want to cover but first things first I just want to give a huge shout out to everyone who has liked the page. I just recently hit my 100 milestone so what I would like to do is do a simple ask me anything Q&A type thing. That way you guys can get to, get to know me a lot better as well as me to get to know you a little bit more. And what the things that you're actually looking for in terms of content. So I want to try to do this maybe at the end of the month of July. So I can give you guys plenty of time to think about the questions you guys want to ask me. And some of the things you guys actually want to know a little bit more about me. So that way... We can have a little bit more fun with things. I really hope that you guys do try to give me as many questions as you would like to ask me. I have various outlets that you can hit me up. Of course, you can hit me up at my page. I do have my messaging set up on that page so you guys can do that directly. You can also comment on any of the posts that I make with these questions. And of course, you can always hit me up at my email, which is muttonchopguy at gmail.com. And of course, if you find my post on Reddit asking these questions for the ask me anything you can also do it there so with that out of the way i would like to get into the today's topic so today's topic is a very interesting one it was something that i saw a couple people have said throughout some time about some injuries that they have sustained thus causing them to be prevented of doing actual gloving performance and that's what i kind of want to actually cover in this topic is gloving preventing injuries and how does one actually not necessarily obtain one, but who actually gets one and what you can do to work around it and ways to actually prevent injury from actually happening. However, I will say that I do understand life does happen and a lot of the times your injuries that you sustain aren't necessarily through gloving as it is. You know, uh, certain other injuries will occur through life that may injure your hand or your wrist or your arm, whatever the case may be, that will prevent you from actually doing your performances. Okay, and I understand that is a heavy burden that you are literally kind of stuck in this limbo state, but what I would like to do is actually give you some ideas to keep you working on your gloving capabilities while you're working through your healing process, okay? So the first thing I definitely want to do is actually kind of read off some anecdotes that I got from people asking the question about their gloving related injury that kept them from gloving and how they kind of worked through it, okay? So the first one I actually want to just kind of go out there and this person said, when I started getting into gloving, I also started playing soccer and had a wrist injury from getting my hand stepped on as a goalie. Had a wrist place for six plus months would still put on gloves under the wrist brace and give shows, couldn't tuck, which was my favorite style, ended up getting into conjuring because of the low impact it had on my wrist and hand, ended up falling in love with the style and it's still my main bay. As something that one person said, another person also said that he fell off one of those stupid hoverboards and broke my arm so bad that I had to get a metal plate bolted into my arm. Through gloving though, I regained full movement. They say I could, in parentheses, 10% less than normal with with only two physical therapy sessions I was supposed to be in therapy twice a week for six months to achieve this people can't even tell which one I broke when I glove now and of course for the last one I wanted to pretty much say which this is something I kind of want a lot of people to take note on because I don't understand why people don't think that this is an issue but to me it is an issue and I'll explain why after I read it this person actually posted saying I don't know if this counts as an injury 
but for my ex, I nearly worked myself to death with no time to spare for myself until I reached a point of crippling depression. I even stopped fully listening to music. It took me three years to realize this support was the key for, uh, key here for me. I'm just now getting slowly back into it. Okay, so to a lot of my faithful listeners who have been listening uh, with me from the beginning, you all know that I am prior military. Okay, and... It's something that still irks me to this day that people sit there and think things like depression and anxiety or any mental distress is not an injury. And I can certainly tell you from my own experience with dealing with hypermanic anxiety and manic depression as it is, it is an injury that people do have to work through. And it kind of irritates me so much that people want to play these mental conditions off like some fluke thing that can be you know <laughs> the, the lack of a better phrase if you guys ever seen the movie the help there's a scene where skeeter who's the main protagonist is talking to her mother because she hasn't found a date yet and her mother kind of confronts her about her sexuality and brings up this point where like there is a cure there's a special brewed tea that's something that drives me up the wall when people think about that with depression. It's just like, oh, you're depressed. Here, just take this pill and you should just feel better and not do any extra work to make yourself better as a whole. You know, it it, uh, it really it really irks me when people kind of have that mentality because they're not, they're just looking at such a surface level thinking that they think solutions can just you know be in a pill and just be like everything's good to go when that's not really the case okay and for the people who do who do suffer from those mental injuries as i like to refer to them because that's what they are it is an injury that you do have to help yourself heal from whether it be depression or anxiety or ptsd or whatever the case may be now i can understand there are certain conditions out there that cannot be repaired but through perseverance which is the key to everything in gloving in my opinion they will be able to achieve something that they can be grateful for. Okay, so to the people who think that their mental conditions is not an injury that they can actually say that, you know, can hinder their gloving, I will even tell you that during the year of 2016 when I was living in Albuquerque, my depression and anxiety really took hold and really made me not want to glove or to even practice or anything like that. Now, I'll certainly say that Gloving has kind of became a compulsionary tick for me. Um, the best way I can describe it is when I actually have a lot going on in my mind. What kind of works for me is if I'm doing, needlessly to say, a mindless task that allows me to really organize my thoughts. And through a compulsion, I just kind of start practicing gloving with little finger shows, you know, just occupying my hands so my thoughts can actually kind of rearrange. You know, so to me, when it comes to things like that, it is a serious issue. And I will certainly say gloving has been one of those things that did help me through my depression. And of course, there's other factors in play, such as like my husband supporting me and she helping me through it a lot. But gloving was an expressive outlet that allowed me to release that pent up energy of whatever emotions that was literally eating me from the inside out. And one of those things that I do want to tell people when when it comes to even stopping listening to music, please don't stop listening to music. I find music to be literally the the food for the soul. 
okay, if it wasn't for music, I probably wouldn't be where I am today without its power, if that makes any sense. I, I find music to be the most powerful thing on the planet, and the reason why is because it can literally sway the hearts of man. You know, it, it can make you literally feel things that you normally don't get to feel, and I do digress when it comes to music. I, I, I'm very passionate about music, you know, so. But anyways, let me kind of get back on topic. So, when, when it comes to injuries, a lot of things do happen, you know, you can break a bone, you can have a sprain, and of course, as I already covered, mental trauma. You know, these things do happen, and it doesn't even have to happen while you're gloving. I can certainly tell you from my experience, I did hit a point where I hit tendonitis, and <laughs> did kind of prevent me for a couple of days to allow my body to heal up so I can actually get back at it again. But things like that do happen, and one thing that you do definitely need to understand is the healing process. So... When I was in ninth grade, I, you know, everyone takes biology at this, at this point in time, everybody was required to take biology in ninth and 10th grade. But, you know, I've been out of high school for so long that I don't even know what the standards are anymore. <laughs> so in biology, I learned that there are certain processes that happen to the body when it's going through its healing process. And one of the things that I learned through that is movement actually helps speeds up the healing process. And... The reason why it does is because you're actually allowing more blood to actually get to those parts that needs to be healed and telling the body that, yeah, this part's moving and need, you know, it's going through the healing process. Therefore, movement does help with the healing process. And I know a lot of people kind of get really confused like that because it's just like, why would you try to move a broken bone? It's, you know, it's trying to heal. Why does movement make it heal faster? Well, of course, blood doesn't only carry oxygen. It actually carries other ingredients that the body needs so it actually releases into it so movement does help so just as for example let's just say you broke your hand and you have your fingers able to move just a little bit to like touch your thumb okay that's something you should be doing pretty much almost every other day is just kind of moving your fingers to touch your thumbs to do the little pinching thing and it helps speed up the process so knowing biology is actually a really good thing that's going to help you with the healing process. Another thing I definitely want to stress is that doing what the doctor tells you to do is a good thing. <laughs> I know some people would think that their doctor's a quack and that they don't want to listen to them. However, these people are in this profession for a reason. This is their career that they chose and nine times out of ten, it's most likely they're just wanting to help you. It's their job, you know. And simply just taking care of yourself through the healing process, you know, taking the medications that you need to be taking, whether it's pain pills or whatnot, you know, taking in the nutrition that they're telling you to take to help you with the healing process, things with, you know, like if you're healing a bone, maybe taking a little bit more extra calcium to help with the healing process, things of that nature. You know, you, you will get the information that you need to help you with the healing process much faster. And all you have to do is kind of just follow through with it. it it's simple as that, really. I, I know some people think it's kind of crazy that something can be so simple, but it is. It can be extremely simple like that. I will tell you that from my own experience. I have broken my hand. I have broken actually the pinky and my hand. And I will just kind of give you a short summary. Ninth grade, walking my dog on a scooter, dog's a Doberman, saw a cat, you can pretty much put the pieces together from there. Okay, now luckily this happened before I was gloving now, and I do wish I was gloving when this did happen because 
Now with some of the scar tissue, some of my ten my pinky tendon and my ring finger on my right hand are now kind of fused together. So I can't necessarily move my pinky all on its own to a full close without my ring finger moving along with it. So that's what some people are going to tell you is that you should still keep practicing your gloving. And I definitely agree. You should still keep practicing with your gloving, even when you go through an injury like that. But some people are probably going to ask, how do you do that? Well, it's actually, in my opinion, kind of actually really fun to do this because as Mark Rosewater has once said, restriction breeds creativity. So working around your the obstacle of your injury is going to help you actually draw up new ideas for concepts, okay? So working around the injury is gonna be the greatest thing that you can do. And of course, you know, restriction breeds creativity. So something that I would say, let's just say I broke a hand. Okay, it's in a cast. I can't really bend my wrist or anything, so what am I going to practice on? So what I actually like doing is the constructionalism when it comes to concepts. So let's just say, let's take King Tutting, for example. Well, since my right hand is pretty much sealed in spot, I can't really bend my wrist. What am I going to do to help me work on concepts and ideas? Well, rudimentary concept creation is pretty much where I'm going to get to that. Okay. So following my example, I'm going to hold my hands up and they're just going to be you know, the same length as my arm, you know, they're going to be in the same position and everything. What I'm going to do is literally break down King Tutting where it's so basic, it's not even funny, you know. So let's just say I have, I'm doing the whole little field goalie thing. I'm holding my hands up and they're facing each other. Palms are facing each other. What I'm going to do is pretty much kind of work on my arm placements that you do with King Tutting. Okay. And try to like maintain your palms facing each other and kind of like angle everything. So for example, like my right hand, let's say it's pointing to my left shoulder and I have my left hand in front of my right hand, the palms are facing each other. Then I'm gonna like twist my arms so they shift position. Now my left hand is pointing to my right shoulder and my right hand's pointing straight up, you know, and then maybe shift it down so my right hand's pointing forward as my left hand's pointing to the side and then move around. Like things of that nature. You know, where you, you literally break down the components of the concept to its basic parts so you can actually analyze how things work. You know, just like your arm placements, for example, in this case, you know, how is that gonna work? And then you can expand off of that, okay? So that's that's some of the ideas I kinda, well, I know that's not all the greatest ideas, but it's just something as an example that I can think of off the top of my head, okay? So things of that nature you want to think about, if you can actually like move your fingers, you can probably work on liquid and stuff. That's totally fine. I would, it all depends on how your injury is and recommendations from your doctor, of course. But one thing I do kind of want to talk about is ways of preventing injury. So of course, being extremely careful outside of the gloving performance is going to be the easiest thing to do. However, you know, life tends to happen and unexpected plot twists tends to happen. That's just how life is sometimes. Okay, so one of the basic things you can definitely do to avoid injury from your gloving practices is stretching before and after. I will certainly say stretching after is really, really important because it keeps your muscles from cramping up and becoming extremely sore. So stretching is always gonna be an easy one. Nutrition is also important. Everybody tends to forego nutrition for some unknown reason that I can never understand why, but it is important. 
it needs to be done, you do have to keep up with your nutrition. Otherwise, you're gonna be burning calories and if you're not replacing those calories, that's not really good. And especially if you're burning a lot of your muscle tissue doing these practices and you're not taking in enough proteins and amino acids to help rebuild your muscles, you're just, as South Park put it, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> okay, so nutrition is extremely important. Drinking plenty of fluids is extremely important. I will certainly say you don't have to drink just water. We are being very active, so you can do Gatorade. Just do not overload on it because it's overloaded with sodium, so on and so forth. I'm not going to get into that. But, you know, replacing your electrolytes, replacing your fluids, replacing all the vitamins and minerals that you are sweating out doing these performances, you do have to replace. And I'm not saying that you should be bringing a meal with you to the festival, but a multivitamin can help. I will certainly say having something as simple as a multivitamin that kind of covers a grand spectrum of vitamins that you're going to be pretty much expelling from your body, you would want to have that. It's really simple. You can just buy it sealed, and when you get it through the festival and show it sealed, then you're good to go. You know, it allows you to be able to take those in. Okay. So, one final thing I will definitely want to express to everybody is that there is certain techniques that I've been kind of picking up from various fitness programs, I guess is how I would put it. But to my listeners who have been listening to me a while, you guys do know that I kind of follow along Brian Shaw, who's the four-time World's Strongest Man winning competitor. I find his content on YouTube to be entertaining, hilarious, especially, especially when he gets other people on there. Uh, I would certainly say if you want to see a, a video that really got me hooked onto his content, definitely look up Brian Shaw Gym Olympics. I know there was one that was like it involved Jenga, and it was like Grip Jenga or something like that. And it was it's a hilarious, hilarious video with the people he's interacting with. And I just found this this content to be so great. Okay, so basically what he was doing, they were playing a game of Jenga while also testing their grip strength. So they would actually grab a little, pretty much a little device that allowed them to work on their grip strength and they have to hold it while playing the game of Jenga with each other until the game of Jenga was over. I thought this was hilarious, but there were a lot of things I've actually learned from him during, during his fitness, okay? So one of the things that he likes, he likes to do is what he calls the hot cold treatments. So, he would get into a hot bath, be in there for a few minutes, and then go jump into an ice cold bath for a few minutes and kind of repeat this process for a little while. He says this helps with the healing process, it helps with your muscles not getting so achy, yet also being able to kind of have a rudimentary way of stretching without actually stretching. And I know that's kind of weird to say, but kind of follow along with me here. This is something I've actually been experimenting with myself and actually been yielding positive results with my hands. So what I will definitely want to express to everybody is the idea that you want to do, especially what I've been doing, is draw up a really hot bath in your sink. You don't have to use your bathtub. I would find that a little excessive. If you want to do your whole entire body, that's totally fine too. But I've been just doing this with my hands as an experiment to see if this actually would work for us. So what I would do is I would have a really steaming hot sink bath for my hands, and then I would have a bunch of ice and hot, extremely cold water in the other. I would stick my hands in the hot water for about three to four minutes and then I would do five minutes in the cold water and do that for about a good 20 to 30 minutes. 
and I will certainly say I've been yielding a lot of good results. The next day when I wake up, my hands feel a little bit more limber than they have been. They feel much better. They actually feel stronger in that sense. So there are things that we can take from, you know, fitness people with their kind of techniques of what they do for their muscles. You know, granted, I will certainly say that our hands have a lot of muscles in them and that a lot of people use them in that extent we're like strong men or power lifters or whatever fitness style competitions people do. However, I do feel like learning ideas and taking ideas from outside sources is a really good thing for people to do with their gloving. And this is something I've actually been enjoying doing because it allows my hands to heal much better and I can actually, I actually feel like I can go on a whole nother day just doing nothing but gloving. So. It's something I definitely want to kind of share with you guys from my own experiences, what I've been doing to help with preventing of injuries. Okay, so that's pretty much all I have to say on this episode. I do really hope you guys have enjoyed the content I've been creating. What I would like from you guys is actually to give me some feedback about my content and what I can improve on. If you actually liked this episode, please leave a like. If you didn't really like this episode, you're more than free to tell me why you didn't like it. I would just ask you to please explain why and also offer solutions to possibly make the content better because that's literally all I would like to do is make sure I'm giving you guys the good good content that you guys can enjoy and also share. Okay, so if you can also do me the courtesy of actually sharing my stuff is literally no cost to you. All it costs is just a little bit of your time. I can certainly tell you from my own experience it only takes about 10 seconds to fully share a post if you want to add anything on top of that so if you can be so kind to do that for me that would be most appreciative ways that you guys have to contact me to give me any of your questions or any of your comments I have various platforms you guys can hit me up first one is going to be my Facebook page which is aptly named the glovey paradigm if you have liked the page it would be a lot easier for you to find you can definitely message me directly from there or even comment on there that would be most appreciative you can also hit me up at my email if you want to do that, which is muttonchopguy at gmail.com. I also do have a Discord server, which I wish to get more people in so we can actually have a lot more discussions going on in there, which the link to that will be in this episode's description. And of course, I do want to just express my gratitude again to everyone who has liked the page. It is a huge milestone for me to actually hit 100 likes on the page because my previous attempt at a podcast, I only got three and one of them was myself and the other one was my co-host so you can see how this is actually pretty big for me to actually hit this milestone hence why i want to have this ask me anything episode so you guys can actually learn a lot more about me so (laughs) if you guys would be so kind to actually put you know your questions either direct message me or you can email them to me or even put them in the comments so people can see what kind of questions are going to be asked you know, don't hesitate and it can literally be about anything and it doesn't have to be gloving related. It can literally be like, what's your favorite color or what video games do you like playing or stuff like that. I don't, I don't care. I li- will literally tell you right now it is a no holds bar on any question barring certain stuff in terms of really personal details. So be sure to ask your questions and be sure to leave me a like and let me know how it's going once again thank you to everybody who has shown support to this show so far i am eternally humbled 
that there are people out there who are willing to listen to what I have to say and actually take in consideration the advice that I like to give. So once again, thank you to everybody who has shared and liked the page so far. It is so, so appreciative of me that you guys have done that for me. Literally, it's one of the reasons why I still want to keep creating content is to provide something for you guys, especially a platform like this. So thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. But that is pretty much all for my episode. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. I am your host, Peter, a.k.a. LPD8 Dubuque, and I'll see you guys all next week. <laughs>